0: He's former Blues defenseman Jamie Rivers. He scored two goals in 15 games in his rookie season. <laughs> I'm Brandon Kylie. It's Ribs and BK on 101 ESPN. Let's go out to the Brown and Crouppen celebrity line, where we are happy to be joined by Dan McLaughlin. You can hear him weekdays from 10 to 11 o'clock right here on 101 ESPN on his show, Scoops, with Danny Mack. Danny Mac, how you doing today, man? I am doing well. How about you guys? We are doing well. I don't know what we've accomplished today, but we've had a good time doing it. Uh, it seems like baseball might be accomplishing something, though, because it was reported by John Heyman a little bit ago. Commissioner Rob Manfred and Players Union Chief Tony Clark had what is being called a productive meeting face-to-face in Arizona. It has since been reported that Manfred flew down there yesterday. They met last night and again today. It's hard for me not to view this as anything but positive. How do you see it, Dan?
1: Well, it's news when you have two guys that meet in person. It's unfortunate it's taken this long for them to meet in person. Obviously, uh, you know, for the the circumstances that we're all living in, um, you couldn't do that for months and weeks, but um, it's what I think everybody expected, that they had to get in person and try to to hammer out an agreement. So I I do look at it as being positive news. I've tried to stay positive through all this. I've said from day one, I think we're going to have baseball we've all had ups and downs in hearing the news about this but i do believe everybody understands the importance of, of playing baseball and why it is so important and not to have the sport go dark for 17 or 18 months no matter what it looks like, whether or not there's fans in the stands. And it does seem like there could be at some point later in the summer or even early in the fall that we might be able to have, you know, some type of a semblance of fans in the stands. So uh, it, it's it's good news on that front that there's some type of positive news coming out of Major League Baseball because everything we've heard over the last, uh, I'd say, five to six weeks has just been negative. So that's good news on uh, on the baseball
0: front.
2: Danny Mac, how positive do you think it is that uh, they met last night, Rob Manfred and Tony Clark? They met again early this morning, and now we're just hearing about it. Because along the way here, we've had leaks left and right and center, and people are turning down offers before they're actually really submitted. But the fact that they were able to get two face-to-face meetings kind of on the down low before anybody talked about it, how positive is that?
1: I think it's huge, because I was on Twitter last night, and I was shocked. I did not see, and I went to probably seven or eight different writers on Twitter that normally have some type of update, good, bad, indifferent, and had zero news to report. And I actually did thank Jamie at that time. This is good, because I didn't see anything. Um, and normally, I at least see something every 24 hours, something, on the sports of baseball from those writers and to me when it goes quiet that's usually good news and and that usually is good news in any sport when a cba is being negotiated if you don't see anything that usually tells me that there's a negotiation going on, and that that's been the frustrating part with this. As opposed to as we talked about uh, yesterday in the crossover, when you think about baseball in 1994, you, you waited until five o'clock Sports Center, and that's when something. Would pop up and you'd have your update on baseball negotiations. And the baseball insider would be there or the anchor would give you the report and you moved on. And that was the news of the day in baseball. And now with social media, with Twitter and Facebook and Instagram and the various platforms that guys can get the word out, whether it be a player, an agent, somebody from Major League Baseball, it gets out very quickly. And that's a major difference. And I also think a major difference is with nothing going on, and I mean zero going on in the world of sports. Now it's starting to pick up a little bit, but no games being played. Um, when something happens on the CBA front, it's news and it hits and it is something that everybody in the sports world talks about so when you have these things happen they get out quickly and they get dissected and they get talked about in their front page news so when you don't hear anything happen uh where it's the front page news it, it and, and they're having a negotiation last night and again uh today that that's good news and i i said yesterday with randy michelle i felt something could happen in 24 and 48 hours and i would love to see something happen Happen later today. I mean, my goodness! If that happened, wow, that would be that would be massive for the sport. I don't know if it will, but man, it would, it would just be great news.
0: Cardinals broadcaster Dan McLaughlin joining us here on Ribs and BK on one hundred and one ESPN. Dan Bob Nightingale mentions on Twitter: if the two sides could somehow reach an agreement by this weekend, the season could start as early as July twentieth, and that leaves about seventy days on the calendar. If the regular season will end on September twenty seventh, as MLB has suggested, all long that's kind of their cutoff day how many games do you think you could play if you got 70 days to do it how many games could you realistically see in that time
1: it's a great question i would think you'd have to have maybe three or four off days for teams but i know the players would be willing to cram a bunch of double headers in there uh i think the, the interesting part of these negotiations would be uh deferments and if the owners would be willing to have deferments with this and if at all, if the uh, players would come off the full pro rata on the um, on the salaries, and if they don't, um, then you're you're looking at a lesser amount of games. But if they have the full. Pro rata, would owners say, okay, we'll do 62 games and go to 70 with a bunch of double headers, and let's say we defer 10? I mean, you you, you could get really creative with this thing. So, you know, I, I mean, in the neighborhood of 62 games, I think that's realistic.
2: Danny, we're seeing the NBA, uh, their plan is coming to fruition down in Disney, and they've got everything kind of mapped out and laid out. The plan for the NHL is picking up speed to where they're going to have probably two hub cities uh, here in Vegas and probably Toronto, now that the Canadian government has said that they'd be willing to work with the NHL on that. What do you think of baseball's plan to still stay in all of their cities? Is there what reason do you think there is that they're sticking to this when all the other major sports are deferring to this bubble strategy?
1: Because the players wanted it. Um when it was talked about initially, Major League Baseball did look at bubble hubs or cities, uh, but the players did not want it. That's my understanding. So they did look at Arizona, Texas, Florida, and that was kind of nixed by the players. And I also think if you looked at Arizona, it would have been tough to do because you, you do have a quote-unquote dome stadium with where the diamondbacks play but you would have been in some open air situations but those only would have been night games because of the heat in arizona and you would have had some of those teams that are eastern city teams if you will eastern time zone teams like cincinnati or cleveland that have uh, spring training out there so their games would have been starting late and tv is going to be a big part of this so you're getting really late times to start their games that would have been a problem but that that really was a big part of this um the other thing too ribs is that you, when you look at the NBA and the NHL as they start their second round of going to you know begin their games they're in postseason play so as you start eliminating teams that bubble gets uh, you know, with fewer players in personnel, and uh, it, it shrinks, and and that's not going to be the case with Major League Baseball as they uh, will try to get this thing in with a regular season. So those are just some of the things that they have to deal with.
2: How much harder do you think that's going to be for baseball? I mean, we look at the really tough. Yeah, like really you look tough. at the protocols that are going into place and this is like keeping players under one umbrella so to say and now baseball has got, you know, guys are all over the country, they're going to be traveling, they're going to have interaction with everyday people and not that that's a bad thing, but yeah, during a pandemic it's not the greatest situation.
1: Well, I thought about it. I mean, I just I'll, I'll throw you a scenario. I mean, what if you have player X that comes to the ballpark and and this is just an example off the top of my head? And it's a Sunday and it's a getaway day and you you have to travel and so the player shows up and he says, "Hey, I'm not feeling too well." And you take a temperature and he's got a fever and you say, "Uh-oh, I'll go back to the ball or go back to the the team hotel." But yet you have to travel to another city. Well, how does he get to that hotel? Are you going to expose the Uber driver to that and then the hotel people to that? And I mean, that's not really being responsible, I wouldn't think. And then how does he rejoin the team or is he supposed to go stay at a quarantine place that's been designated in that city? What is he supposed to do? I don't know. I'm assuming they have protocols for that. I I don't know. I haven't seen that. But those are just some of the things that come to mind that you have to think about. Um, if he's been sick, you know, if he's if he's sick on that Sunday, then you got to start backtracking. Well, who's he out to dinner with the night before, or where's he been? What teammates was he with? I mean, those are some of the things they got to think about. Um, And that's what I think the road you're going down. I mean, those are a lot of the the various uh, variables that are part of this instead of being in a... A hub, um, that you are living the normal, quote unquote, normal life. Um, now they're trying to take all those variables out, but let's face it, this is normal life where you're, you're traveling and you're in those Ubers or potentially the bus rides and things of that nature, but you're going to be exposed to people outside of your team and the traveling party that, that will be exposed. So uh, and I think you'd be naive to think that players aren't going to be you know, come down with the virus. Uh, we're seeing it in all walks of life and business and families and friends and that kind of thing. So it's just how you deal with the virus. Uh, it, it's going to be, again, I, I said it's from day one. I think it's going to be very tough to deal with this, but um, they've, they've done their research and think they can pull it off and I'd love to see them at least give it a try. And I think most people would applaud them for at least trying.
0: Final question, we got about a minute here. Dan, I I wanted to ask you because let's, let's go down the hypothetical hypothetical path of there is going to be baseball again. What's the number one thing you're looking forward to seeing from the Cardinals this season on the field. Yeah. On the field in terms of like the actual baseball that hopefully we're able to watch. What's the number one thing you're excited to be able to watch this season that we haven't been able to see thus far.
1: Uh, There's a couple things. I would say Paul DeYoung um, had a fabulous spring, and he's such a smart player. And I think his work and his mental... Um, adjustments game to game at bat to bat would I, benefit him I, I just think he's a fabulous player I, I think he could be a really good player and just gets better and better day by day not not year by year but day by day and then the obvious one would be um, Dylan Carlson if he plays I think Carlson would be just so much fun to watch and I'll be just so intrigued how so many teams handle their young stars depending on the length of the season and how they approach whether or not it's a viable season to go for a championship, how the Cardinals would view a short season and if that means they want to give a Dylan Carlson a chance to play, but those would be the two players I'd really be interested in watching, but we know we're going to see a Paul DeYoung if they play and that would be the player I'd really be intrigued to watch.
0: Dan, I hope we're able to do it. Hopefully baseball gets its acts together and by the end of the week we're able to talk about an agreement that ultimately puts them back on the field. We look forward to seeing you and talking to you each and every week, right here on 101 ESPN. We'll talk to you tomorrow morning. Dan, thanks for the time. Always great to be
1: with you guys. Thanks.